Next on BYU Sports Nation, are international players the answer for men's hoops to get to the next level? I was hoping you were going to say international man of mystery. Will potential Gonzaga losses be gains for BYU and the rest of the WCC in hoops? And Avengers Week begins. Who's the greatest villain in BYU sports history? Oh, snap. This is when you roll the open. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Hello, BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, April 22nd. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton had two days off. Now it's three. So I'm teamed up with a man who will see Avengers with me Thursday night, Jason Shepard. Oh, I am so excited for this. I, I know you're going through the entire yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just went back and watched uh, Infinity War again. I'll probably watch it one more time. It's such a great movie. I cannot wait to see how this plays out Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night, 10 o'clock for us. I want to watch the NFL draft. That's why we're going later. Well, the Hopefully other, that works like, out for you. No, I, it works out great for me. I've completely... <laughs> Completely, my day that like my uh, my Franklin planner. Yeah, I opened to that page. I thought you still used the missionary thing. <laughs> oh wait, you're too old for I, that. I, I booked online. nothing that day. That is all devoted towards Avengers Endgame. That's awesome. Um, but you just gave away the plan to your wife. Now you can't go golfing or whatever. Oh, not that you, you don't need to worry about golf with me. <laughs> That's not on the agenda. Here's what's on deck in the next hour. Baseball coach Mike Littlewood on the series win at Washington and the latest on injured catcher Noah Hill. And why is Terrell Owens repping the Y? Again, but first, today's headlines. NFL.com's Chad Reuter projects Sione Takitaki will be a sixth-round pick to the Washington Redskins. The NFL draft starts Thursday night. We've been hearing from Mel Carper, uh, Mel Kiper, third round, so sixth round, certainly lower. Day two or three, he's going to be drafted. Yeah, he's that's going to be drafted. I think that's something that's pretty much uh, a given at this point. BYU baseball took two of three at Washington over the weekend. Cougar pitching gave up a total of two earned runs. BYU jumps back into West Coast Conference play this week with a three-game series at Pacific beginning Thursday night. BYU men's golf won the Ping Cougar Classic by five strokes, led by individual champ Peter Quest for perfection, who shot 17 under, which leads us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Peter Quest shot sub-70 in all three rounds of the Cougar Classic. Are you kidding me? Is that in good? fact, it is. 64, 66, and 69 for a total of 199. This guy is awesome. And enjoy it while it lasts at BYU because he ain't going to be here for long. He's yeah, too good. Absolutely. And BYU heads to the West Coast Conference Championships Thursday through Saturday in Stockton, California. Good luck. Taylor Cole pitched two scoreless innings on Saturday for the Los Angeles Los Angeles Angels in his Major League season debut. Cole finished with three strikeouts and a walk in the Angels' 6-5 to five loss to... The Mariners. Your team. I was just watching that game, and in comes Taylor Cole, and I'm like, I think this is his season debut. <laughs> so I was all over it. It was great. Taylor did a tremendous job. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Jeff Call, I call him, uh, call him Cousin Jeff because we might be related, uh, of the Deseret <laughs> News, published an article Sunday discussing the potential reestablishment of an international pipeline with BYU men's basketball. In it, Call discusses Mark Pope's press conference comments about casting a net all over the world, and Call reports Pope will be taking a trip to Lithuania, Serbia, and Spain next month 
Jason, is international recruiting the piece that BYU Hoops is missing? Look, first, I love the fact that that's, that's going to be a priority for Coach Pope. And I'm not saying it wasn't a priority for the previous staff, but I, I love that that's something that he's come out and said we're going to do. It only helps if BYU gets the right players. True. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter if they're international players, if they're players from the United States. You still have to get the right guys. Getting international players for the sake of getting them doesn't, doesn't help. And I know there's been an outcry for that over the last couple of years is why BYU doesn't have more international players. So I am curious to see how this plays out. But again, it just boils down to making sure that it's the right player for your program. I mean, and basketball is a worldwide sport. I mean, we've seen it in... The NBA and now college basketball is becoming commonplace for international players to come over, and it's just part of the game now. It's no longer some sort of an oddity. It's just the way things are. And and let's be honest, with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, with with the global following that, that, that comes along with that— you would think there would that would give BYU somewhat of an advantage in terms of at least knowing about players. So again, I mean, if there's a player in another country that can help BYU, I'm all for it. Let's touch on the church effect there. It's only a big deal to the church members per se, right? And when I, maybe I'm off on this, but in Brazil, I, church members didn't even know about BYU for the most part. So it's not like the church connection has really yielded BYU all these international athletes. In fact, it's been way less and almost non-existent to a point, in my opinion. I thought the TOEFL, the English test, was the issue here. Dave Rose told us uh, in reference to, and he couldn't mention the player per se, but it was a Russian kid that BYU was trying to get in that his score on the TOEFL was, wasn't uh, high enough for BYU's standard of that score. I don't know if BYU's uh, score is higher standard than yeah, other schools or something. Compares. We've heard that. Um, if that's the case, then it's going to be hard to get guys in here that don't, don't necessarily speak or read at the level they need to, but they may get into another school. I, I don't know that that's the case. There are, inter, there are international players on two teams on campus where this works a ton. Women's tennis is primarily international, and the top four players on the men's volleyball team are all foreigners. Right. And I think that it works really well for those sports. BYU only needs a guy or two. The last several years, BYU has not uh, gone to this well, perhaps because of Dave Rose's complaint about the TOEFL and that score. Yet, BYU signed two international players coming into this next season. Let's not forget Bernardo da Silva out of Wasatch Academy. He's Brazilian. And then Shengzi Li from China, who has to get He's out now of his, NLI. his recruitment. So there were two, but they weren't. They were they were foreigners living in the U.S., so it's a little easier, right? When the guys at Wasatch is like down the down the street, essentially, and then Shang Zi Li, his head, uh, the head coach of his team, was a BYU guy. So you got to find those connections in some capacity. Lee Kamard was going down that road right. for BYU, having played in Europe for a few years, but be, unless he's retained as an assistant, I would think that those connections probably end there. So we'll see. I know that Mark Pope has connections, JC D1, trying to go international. I think there are diamonds in the rough that you. Can can find that aren't uh, recruited as heavily Look, as other the, the game is teams. global right therefore recruiting should be global and and if you and if you get over there and there's guys that you find that you don't think are fits then then you don't sign them. right hey it's, do, it's all about getting yeah. the best players if they all end up right. coming from the united states great if they all come from in, from internationally great if they're cool Just with the honor code the best players that can play here at byu Speaking of college basketball, the weekend brought news of another Gonzaga player declaring for the upcoming NBA draft. Killian Tilly joins a list of Bulldogs that include Rui Hachimura, Brandon Clark, and Zach Norvell Jr., who've all said they are going to at least 
dip their toe in the waters of the NBA draft. Jerem, is Gonzaga vulnerable this year with the possible departures? Now, we asked this question recently. We're asking again because at the time there was only one Gonzaga player, Brandon Clark, or Rui Hachimura, excuse me, who had said he's going pro. Now there are four, okay, in in Killian Tilly, Rui Hachimura, Brandon Clark, and Zach Norville Jr. All four of these guys could potentially be gone. I think that two or three of them will. I'm not sure that Norville right now is a draft pick. Perhaps he is. In fact, if all four go, that's even better for BYU. But to answer your question, no. The king is the king until he isn't. We don't know how many of these guys will actually leave. In fact, it depends on combine invites. If some of these guys don't get combine invites, they may just come back, right? You can come back. You can sign with an agent if you get a combine invite and you don't get drafted and come back. So there are new rules. This is brand new this year. Um, Oh, by the way, let's say all four leave, okay? Gonzaga has some quality coming back still in uh, Kispert and Petrusev, and they've signed four four four-stars and the best player out of Africa. So there's that. Also, tell me this. Who would overtake them? If they're vulnerable, who would overtake them? St. Mary's? Maybe, but I don't, I don't see it. Gonzaga, as long as Mark Few's the head coach there, they are the king in the league. They will occasionally lose a WCC tournament. Boo-hoo. They got a one seed. Look, for any other team, and again, I'm going to go under the assumption we're talking about the four that have declared. Just say those four are gone. For any other team to lose four players of that caliber, and three of the four are your top-leading scorers, that would be devastating. That would absolutely make them vulnerable. But it's Gonzaga. This team just reloads all they'll do, and I don't even know who's in their pipeline. I mean, in terms of like who they're looking at down the road, I just know what their track record is. Yeah, and I just told you who's but, coming but, in. I mean, right? I mean yeah. I'm talking about even beyond that, because this you know how recruiting goes years and right. What transfers will show exactly? Up. Yeah. It, there's so many things on the table. Gonzaga just does this year in and year out. They are able to find college basketball players that are elite. Now, the interesting part is thanks for using that word properly. You're welcome. The interesting part about this is Gonzaga's not had a great track record with guys going to the NBA and actually becoming uh, or maybe living up to expectations of what they were in college. Now, maybe that changes with a guy like uh, Sabonis, who's had a really nice start to his career with the Indiana Pacers, even though they just got swept. But, but But in terms of college basketball players... Mark Few gets elite players, and when one leaves, there's another one ready. They are an assembly line of elite college basketball. So I don't think this makes them vulnerable at all because their track record says it won't. And even if it was, it might be for a year. (laughs) Even if it was, get out of here. It's Avengers Week. Movie comes out Thursday. Stoked about this. You and I are going together Thursday night. So let's kick off the week with this question. Who's the greatest villain in BYU sports history? This was immediate for me. I didn't even have to think about this. What's interesting is I've seen some of the responses that people have had on, on Twitter and other social media platforms. And I was surprised I didn't see it. I went with urban Meyer. Okay. Urban Meyer was the first person that came to my mind when I thought (laughs) of greatest sports villain. Look, he started, we, we all talk about the negative tone with the rivalry. It started with Urban Meyer. Now, you, think, you think so? Without question. Really? Okay. The urinal cakes with BYU's logo on them, calling BYU the team down south, he changed yeah, yeah, everything in terms of the tone. Well, and he had the shutout, right? Well, that's that's where I was going. I was on my on mi- t- I was on my mission <laughs> and I checked BYUcougars.com on, on preparation day and I was like, no! <laughs> 
I was at that game in the stands, okay? <laughs> he snapped BYU's scoring streak. His team was the BCS buster. BYU didn't beat them. We know they, they went undefeated under his helm. He was only yeah, there a couple for years. a couple of years. Yeah, he long. was only there, which makes it even more weird that he has left that type of impression with me. But without yeah, get over it. question, <laughs> I have the strongest negative feelings towards Urban Meyer. It, because of that. So without question, it's uh, it's herbs. Okay, herbs, huh? Nice. <laughs> Chicken and herbs, Meyer. Uh, mine's a little bit off the board. Taysom Hill's injuries Ooh. are the biggest villain in BYU Look at you getting creative. Okay, so recently, right, this happened. It's hard to know exactly what would have happened if Taysom Hill had stayed healthy, but let's postulate a little bit because we have an hour to fill on April 22nd. Following a 2013 season where Hill as a sophomore put up 4,282 total yards, fifth best total offensive season in BYU history, by the way, he's going to be an upperclassman and junior in 2014. BYU starts 4-0, they're ranked number 19, the injury to Utah State happens. BYU only played three Power 5 teams that year, did not play Utah, Cougars won all three of those. I believe that BYU won, would have won at least 10 games, if not 12 or even 13 in a bowl game. Who knows? Then that would have been the season that validates independence. It works. Maybe Taysom's the Jordan Lynch, Northern Illinois figure where he's the fifth place guy in the Heisman race. Who knows? Okay, 2015. BYU won nine games, uh, nine games, eight without him. Okay, what could they have done that season? I don't believe BYU is beating Michigan that year. But Steve Young was of the opinion, based on one half of football, which is totally blue-goggled, but we were, we were all there, he thought he's going to win the Heisman. He thought that. Now, a Power 5 player is going to win the Heisman, okay? But at least getting to New York, winning 10 to 12 games. I don't believe BYU goes down 35 nothing in a Vegas Bowl if Taysom Hill's the quarterback. I just think things would have been different. Perhaps the snap is streaked there. It's only four. It's not as big a deal. And Taysom Hill is in the upper pantheon of quarterbacks at BYU. But alas... <laughs> the injuries happened, and we'll never know. He is one of the all-time greats in terms of athleticism. Oh, without but question. But we never saw what he could actually do. And then he might not even play in 2016 if he's not really injured in 2014 and right. 15. In fact, BYU's lucky that uh, you know in 2016 they had Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill. They win nine games uh, in the first year of Kalani Sataki, and they go from there. The other one, the football schedules, and then the other one, Kyle Whittingham. What are your strengths? What are your... your, your to, What's your impression of the football schedules? Uh, see the previous 1,482 <laughs> Do you have an opinion of, on this? Yeah. Well, I only started that rant. Was it last summer? I think it was last summer. Maybe two summers ago? I can't remember. But. It seems like it's been going on a while. Yeah, it's been going on a while. Exactly. Uh, okay, our question of the day. Who's the greatest villain in BYU sports history? Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Use hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at JMG Coogman. A tie between T. Boone Pickens, Ann Richards, and DeLoss Doids. Uh, ah, Dodds, excuse me. I, I know where he's going with this. Big 12 yes. uh, conversation. It's, it's on the horizon. The future is always possible. Or it's always positive, excuse what? me. And anything is possible. Th- thank you. Thank you, Luke and Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Bruce F. Webster on Facebook. Kyle Whittingham. And I say that with great respect and admiration for the man. Eight-game losing streak is tough to swallow, right? And the fact that the former Coug is now a Ute and they're in a power conference and BYU's not? Like, no, I get it, man. I get it. It's tough. It's really tough. That's an understatement. Yes, it is. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, the head coach BYU baseball, Mike Littlewood, joins us in Studio B with an update on catcher Noah Hill. And a big win at, uh, at Washington. They Absolutely. took the series. Plus, Trell Owens reps the Y again. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, hey, Mike. Come on, man. <laughs> 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU softball back at home on Wednesday night hosting Southern Utah. You can check out that game at 8 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV Digital. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Great to have you. I'm Jerem. He's Jason. Now joining the program is the head coach of the Batcats, the baseball team, Mike Littlewood, 26-10, and 10, fresh off of taking two of three at Washington. First off, congratulations on a really nice series yeah, win. Yeah, thanks. Great great weekend for us. Guys played their tails off. It was, it was really, especially after that Thursday night 1-0 loss uh, on a walk not a walk up but an eighth inning home run by those guys we came back and played really well uh friday saturday uh of of note and we'll break down the series a little bit more but noah hill the catcher had a pretty serious uh incident and injury and uh, we saw a twitter video i know we're going to talk about that later but i guess what happened and how's he doing yeah well noah was catching when it happened um easton walker threw a curveball in the dirt which is where he was supposed to throw it um Sometimes you have to throw the ball in the dirt. Noah went to block it, and his chin came up just a tad. Ball got under there and hit him right off the trachea. Probably got a little bit of the trachea, but it was it was scary because usually when guys are like, oh, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, that's usually when they're okay. <laughs> but he was he was just laying there, and he was still. And so uh, Judd Franson, who did a great job, he's our, our head trainer, baseball trainer, ran out there along with Washington's doctor and – they got him calmed down, but Noah, his eyes were rolling back a little bit, and his tongue was swollen, you could tell. He, he was just frozen. He, couldn't, um, he, he never lost consciousness, but you could tell he couldn't get his breath, and that was the biggest thing. He could not breathe, and so they were worried that it was initially that it was a, a fractured trachea uh, and that his airway was going to be cut off. They calmed him down. He started breathing through his nose, um, got everything kind of taken care of that way. They, it was, man, it was an incredible coordinated effort by University of Washington's medical staff and, and our trainer, Judd. Um, but they got him kind of breathing. They, they actually uh, spine-boarded him, just not, not because they thought his spine was, was broken, but they thought if, that, if the trachea was fractured that any movement there could totally cut off his airway. So it was a, it was a little bit nerve-wracking. He stayed in ICU overnight, um, but he, he was able to get out Saturday, 5 o'clock, fly home with the team Sunday morning. And uh, right now he's day-to-day, so we'll see what he's like. Uh, we have today off, but we'll see what he's like tomorrow and going forward. But thank goodness. Yeah, what a, what a scary situation yeah. to be a part of. And I know it was. I know a lot of fans were really, you, he, when he was talking, because there was a video put out on Saturday, you could tell he was really hoarse. Yeah. Sexy for, voice. Yeah. <laughs> Very deep. <laughs> but it was, yeah. it was great to see him. And I know any time, you know, when somebody's taken off, you know, people give the thumbs up. What a, what a great sign to, yeah. to see. It was, and I know our guys. So when he went out, the situation was the ball. There was a guy in second. The ball was in the dirt, so the guy went to third, less than two outs. I don't. Know, I don't know if we had a two one two zero leader. It was close game, and so all the guys were kind of. It's interesting. At that time, you gain perspective. It's almost like this. This game doesn't really matter a whole lot anymore. Yet you still need to win the game. Right. So it's it's kind of a weird situation. I just got the guys together, and said, "Hey, it's precautionary. They're taking him," and that could because that's what they told us. Um, but they, Easton Walker responded. He came back, got a strikeout pop-up to leave the guy on third. And really, we, we kind of rolled through that game, won that game, and then came back Saturday um, and, and beat a good Washington team. So, yeah, Noah's just like, man, he's just such a – he's a glue. He's a leader. He's kind of the, the father of our team right now. Well, and, and the win puts you at 26-10 and 10 overall, 10-5 and 5 in conference play. There's 15 regular season games to go, which is crazy to even think about. The, yeah. the season has gone that far to this point. What do you make of this team with 15 games left in the regular season? Well, the, the one thing I know about this team is, is they'll compete. They're going to go out and give it everything they've got every single day. And, you know, some, you, you'll win some, lose some, but we're talented enough and we pitch it well enough 
and we put together good enough at bats that we're going to compete and be in ball games. And that's that's the biggest thing. Oftentimes, and I think back, maybe it was 2016. We started off 23 and five, but it really, it didn't feel like we were good. But it didn't feel like the foundation was there to really every single game. We we knew we had a chance to win, and you don't go up to to Washington or, or any Pac-12 school. They're just so athletic, and beat them two out of three and fake it. You just you can't do it. You have to have that inner courage, that inner strength to go out and really believe you can win. And that's the the main thing I take away from this team is they believe they can win right now. And that came on the heels of being shut out two games in a row. Yeah. And that's weird, right? So so what was the conversation like, and how did this team respond to, to put up 11 runs in two games? Yeah, I think it was 22 or 23 innings. We didn't score going back to Friday when, or to, yeah, Friday night um, a week ago. Uh, we scored in late, like the fourth or fifth, and then didn't score for two and a half games. But in this game, a lot of times everything depends on the starting pitcher. And so you have to tip your hat to Pendergrass, who beat us last Saturday, shut us out uh, for Pepperdine, and then Jones did an incredible job. He's going to be their number one guy, Washington's number one guy moving forward. I mean, he was like 90-92 with four pitches for strikes. I mean, just pounded the zones. So once in a while, you just have to say, good job, and not get frustrated. We didn't say, hey, this is the 24th inning. We haven't scored. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, that's really that's like telling a free throw shooter, you've missed 18 in a row. Yeah, that'd be the worst, <laughs> you know, right? It's the worst thing you could yeah. possibly do, just to ask Dr. Manning. So it's like, hey, just let's keep doing what we're doing and, and stay the course. And that's kind of a cliche, but that's what, we, that's what we've done. Well, and we've talked a lot about the pitching staff for this season and just how uh, good it has been. This, this series specifically – given up a total of four runs, only yeah. two earned runs. Uh, Easton gave up a run that was earned, and then Reed gave up a run that was earned. Besides that, I mean, just a phenomenal performance. How do you think this year's pitching staff compares to other staffs you've had here at BYU in the past? Well, this is this is the best staff by far. I mean, it, it just not only a starting guys, like you mentioned Woody and Easton Walker, and Sterner gave us an incredible yeah. outing, seven, seven and a third. Probably could have gone a little bit longer. Woody was uh, Jordan Thursday night was like 92 94 didn't throw a fastball under 90 so and he spotted it up we held their three hitter Kale their catcher who's one of the leading hitters in the country he went 0 for 11 um, and was up in key spots we did a really good job so I think a combination of yeah this is probably the best staff but I think coach Bradshaw Michael Bradshaw our pitching coach has done an incredible job coming out with a game plan and guys are executing it but they're executing it because they've been prepared not only through video, but through their hard work and, and long toss program and just focus on command and pounding the zone. That, that's, it's been a perfect combination for success on, the, on our staff. Easton Walker has given up five earned runs in 50 innings. I know it's been a storyline all year, yeah. but that's unbelievable. It, it really, really is. And the, the earned run he gave up um, on his start Friday, mm-hmm. man on first base, two outs, uh, kind of a jam shot yeah. to center field. The guy was stealing Ward, who's got 19 stolen bases, scores from scores from uh, first base. I mean, it was just a, kind of a fluke thing. And um, Easton just—he's competitive. He just—he'll pound the zone, and, and uh, he's not afraid. And he's got—he just got courage. And so does Woody, and so does Sterner. I mean, that's that's really what what our pitching staff's all about this year. And he started as a reliever, right? And then you brought him into he the did. rotation. So what was that process like of making that decision? Yeah, so the, I mean, Easton's always wanted to be a starter and he's he's made that clear to us his freshman year, but it, it just seems like he's so good out of the pen that that's where we wanted to use him. Come bring him in like we like we're using Reed McLaughlin. So we gave Drew Zimmerman a chance. Um, the only thing about going, converting from a uh, reliever to a starter is building those innings. Uh, and so you notice his first start, he went for about 40 to 50 pitches, then 50 to 60, and then I think he threw probably around 100. This, so he's, now he can just run out there. But that was the biggest transition. 
the the stuff was never an issue. Now, did we think he was going to have a sub one? ERA coming in, especially pitching in Provo, there's no chance. <laughs> no chance. But, man, he's, he's just been incredible for us. And the nice thing about Easton is he wanted to be a starter, but he was comfortable. He was just, okay, I'll do whatever you want me to. That's what he said in my office. I obviously want to be a starter, but I'll, I'll, I'll go do whatever you want me to do. We've read that somewhere. <laughs> but, yes, yes, we have. Yes, we We've have. read that somewhere. We may have sung it somewhere, too. We right? may have sung yeah. that song. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, anyway. Well, awesome after, kid. after a weekend uh, out of conference, now you jump back into conference, three games at Pacific. What are your thoughts on the uh, the three games against the Tigers on th- starting Thursday? Hey, they're tough. I mean, they, they've got it going a little bit. They're about 500, but they've got, uh, in Shreve, they've got one of the best pitchers in the league. He'll throw Saturday. They throw him the last game. Uh, we'll see a left-hander the first game, Reynoso, who's a junior, um, experienced guy. They're going to be tough, They're, especially at home. I mean, it's going to be just like any other um, league game that we play. They're, they're I think, 8-10, and 10, mm-hmm. and they're looking at it as, hey, we, we sweep these guys or we win the series. Yeah. We're right – we're like in second or third place. So we're sitting at first right now by percentage points, but it's – there's six or seven teams that are like within a game of, of us. Well, and I mean, if you look at it, you mentioned they're they're under they're only one of three teams that are under 500 in conference play. So I mean, yeah. that speaks very highly of this conference. Well, and they have 20. Oh, what are they? 21 and 21 and 18. Yeah. 21 and 18 yeah. overall, which it, and even Portland, who's at the bottom, mm-hmm. they I think they still have a winning record. They came in 21 to, and 19. Yeah, they came in a league play like 18 and four. And now they're 21 and 19. So <laughs> our league is really really good. Yeah, there's a four-way tie by percentage in first place right now. It's crazy. LMU, San Francisco, Gonzaga, BYU, and the goal is to finish in the top four and go to Pacific yeah. and be able to play in the tourney. How are you feeling about how you performed thus far with 12 conference games left? Well, the the one, I think the one regret, regret we have is, and I can put it down to an inning and a pitch, was Gonzaga uh, losing two of three here. And in the eighth inning with when we were down one on Friday night, uh, and we had bases loaded. I mean, there's one specific situation. Do you remember the pitch count? Uh, well, it was zero. It was oh oh, and we popped it up for the first, and then we struck out. So just so, a fly yes, ball. You remember. I, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I try to forget it, but I do remember. So going forward, I mean, I think it's going to take 16 or 17 wins to to get in the tournament this year. Um, not just win the league, but get in the tournament. That's kind of what it looks like. Everybody's got to play each other, so that's it's still everything's in the mix. But every game is a must win. It's just crazy. How excited are you, by the way, that not only do you get this interview here today, but oh, in, about, about this interview, in about no 35 minutes, you and I get to do this again for your coach's show. Is that today? It why is don't, today. Why don't you oh, just you knew it was today. Why don't you just our... play that there? <laughs> yeah. We can just <laughs> actually just this. take this interview and just put yeah. it in place yeah. of the coach's yeah, show. Just cut me out. out. But yeah. I, mean, oh, I know no. how much we enjoy our conversations. No, I'm looking so much forward to that that I think we need to do it for sure. <laughs> Where can people find this interview that are interested if this wasn't enough for them, Jason? Well, they can find it all over the place. It gets posted uh, to the BYU Baseball Facebook page, okay. uh, Instagram page, Beautiful. as well as a Twitter page. That's great. Mike, are you... It does. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'll it's actually it out there? I'll what? And, and quite a few views. That's yeah, awesome. it's, it's nice. Jason's awesome. uh, obviously on that. It's great. <laughs> Maybe I'll show up today just to continue this. <laughs> because you refed basketball, are you a more empathetic uh, converser with the umpires yeah. in the game? Yeah, clearly. As opposed to a, a guy who hadn't officiated? Yep, clearly. Uh, you don't see me argue a whole lot. And, and I really don't chirp about pitches too often. Um, I, I, I get it. I mean, I understand. And... I appreciated guys who, who just let you work. Uh, Rick Majerus was one of the best at just letting you work. But when he said something, you knew you needed to listen to him. And he was more concerned about his guys getting hurt so than, than anything else. Could care less about you. Could care, just <laughs> go do your job. 
And so I, I kind of let guys just do that, go do their job. People are going to make mistakes, like at San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even really argue that. And it kind of cost us a game. Didn't cost us, but, you know, didn't, didn't allow us to finish. And so, yeah, t- short answer, yes. Long answer, I could be here tomorrow and the next day to talk about <laughs> We have a lot stuff. to discuss. Could you just brought <laughs> yeah. up Rick Majerus. <laughs> yeah. So the next there time we, go. we got all kinds I'm of sure questions. There's some I, loved, I loved working with Rick Majerus. I mean, I just loved it because he did not care what you did out there as long as you just did your job and, and kept, kept things going. Didn't. Didn't nitpick and uh, looked at the big picture, and, and that's what I try to do. Just look at the big picture. You're going to get some. You're going to not get some. Uh, but is the guy really consciously trying to do a good job? And, and really, that's because they're good at this level. They're not going to miss many. Well, good luck Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Pacific. We appreciate the time. And, again, you can watch uh, the – what's the name of the show? Is it BYU Baseball with Mike Littlewood? Mike that, Littlewood, does yes. It have a the Mike Littlewood have show? A name? The Jason Shepard fe- no, show no, featuring no, 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 Mike no, no, Littlewood? No, no, they're not tuning in for me. They're tuning in for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Good luck and uh, congratulations on yeah, the win. Thanks for having me on. And our best you to bet. Noah Hill. Yeah, yes, well, we'll absolutely. Along. Coming up, buy, sell, or hold. Sioni Taki Taki is a day two NFL draft pick. And who's the greatest sports villain in BYU Sports Nation history or, or BYU Sports history? In BYU Sports Nation? I say Dennis Pitta if that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> so mean to him. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Let's get you updated with today's headlines. NFL.com's Chad Reuter projects Sione Takitaki will be a sixth-round pick to the Redskins. The NFL draft starts Thursday night. Day two uh, is the second and third round. Day three is four through seven. I love the NFL draft. Oh, it's, it's awesome, it's man. Awesome. Even it's if awesome I, man. Even if I have no clue who half oh, of them are. I love it. It's still, it's the, plus, it's the environment. It's, plus the college game day guys yeah. are going to do their own version of it, which I absolutely love. And no spoilers that. again. NFL Network and ESPN have both said we're not going to tip the picks. Yeah. And Friday, we won't spoil the Avengers movie either. That's our that's, promise That's to you. your promise. I'm not prom- No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I hate that. BYU baseball took two of three at Washington over the weekend. Cougar pitching gave up a total of two earned runs the entire weekend. BYU jumps back into WCC conference play this week with a three-game series at Pacific beginning Thursday night. Great conversation with Mike Littlewood last segment, yep. and the update on Noah Hill is that he is doing just fine. Yeah, day-to-day. Which is great, Fantastic. based on uh, what they thought might have been a really serious injury to his trachea. BYU men's golf won the Ping Cougar Classic by five strokes, led by indivi- individual champ Peter Quest, who shot 17-under with three sub-70 rounds. Amazing. This is Quest's fifth individual tournament title this season. Cougars head to the WCC Championships Thursday through Saturday in Stockton. So if you want to go to Stockton, you can watch... Men's golf and baseball Thursday through Saturday this week. Nothing wrong with that at all. Maybe we have a road trip this Ooh. week. Huh? What? We have no show Thursday. Hey. By the way, we're preempted by uh, commencement, graduation. Yeah, no on show Thursday. on no Thursday. No show. So day off. Too. There you go. You coming in that day or no. just not going to see you at all? I won't be. Okay. Taylor Cole pitched two scoreless innings on Saturday were you, were you? for the L.A. Angels in his Major League season debut. I was planning on it. Cole finished with three strikeouts and a walk in the Angels' 6-5 loss to your Seattle Mariners. That's right, baby. Mariners took three of four. I have a uh, round of golf on the season series with my brother-in-law, who's an Angels fan. Mariners are up 5-1, so it's going really well. Our question of the day, who's the greatest villain in BYU sports history? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jason Ford on the Facebook Kyle Thanos Winningham. 
from now on. He's the face of Utah football. So he's right. That's like a natural pick. We should start just calling him Kyle T. Whittingham. Kyle T. Whittingham. And the only, but we don't ever explain it. Yeah. You had to it be watching this today, show today. Or listening. Yes, or listening. Yes. Kyle T. Whittingham. That needs to be like moving forward. I like it. We're doing it. Okay. Spencer, I like it. hopefully you're watching or listening. This is what we're doing it. I'm probably <laughs> going to forget to tell you tomorrow. Uh, all of that in preparation for August 29th. Countdown to the youths. 129. Once we get sub, like sub we're, 130. we're a month away from less than 100 days. I'm very excited about that. I was excited when we were in the 300s. I know it's, you were. The excitement is just building at this point. Let's recount the history of the countdown for a moment, shall we? So we did this in uh, 2013. We started the show, but we didn't have the countdown, right? Because we just started you know, after the Virginia game. After that season, I thought, oh, that'd be fun if every day we counted down to Connecticut, the first game. And I thought it was fun, 2014, I think 15, 16. Then it kind of lost its savor for me in 17. Here we are in 19. But because it's Utah, I'm The good. love is back. Because, yes, I've fallen back in love. You fell out of love the with the countdown. Yes. You and guys then, rekindled. Yes. And now you love each other. I was other in again. like, and now I'm in love. <laughs> like when my daughter's like, I love this boy. I'm like, you're in like. You're not in love. Don't, don't in, squash. You're in like. Don't squash childhood at, dreams. Okay? <laughs> it's not dreams. It's the random random BFF she's going to bring home, man. We live in hyperbole, Jerem. At Tasha Lynn 19. Yes, we do in April. <laughs> at Tasha Lynn 19. Delva Delva is Thanos for sure. He used his infinity stone, the Delva dagger, to crush all her hopes and dreams with just the snap of his fingers. Was, oh, was that infinity stone, the Delva dagger, was that the soul stone because it crushed all of our souls? <laughs> yes, it was. That, oh, man. That's one of those moments where I think every BYU fan remembers where they were. And it's like, oh, man. You know who's hating this segment so much? Who? Our producer, Ben Bagley, who Why? called us nerds because we wanted to talk about Avengers so much. Well, he's, he embraced it. He gets it. It's popular, right? <laughs> Ty uh, Bickman on Facebook. Has to be the Utah football team. They are Thanos, and we are the Avengers. We need a Captain Marvel to beat them. That's the question. Who is, uh, who is Captain Marvel? Now, now, if you look at it, men's sports, women's sports, hey, there's lots of Captain Marvels. Shaley Gonzalez? You could argue the whole women's volleyball team. Yes. Like, they, they have beaten up on Utah for a while now. Had some great matches, some back and forth there. Uh, I I think the women's program at BYU right now is better than the men's in terms of how successful they are right now. It's pretty awesome to watch. I want all of them to be successful. But right now, the ladies are taking to uh, to the dudes right now. Get, yep, just like that. Daniel Nelson on Instagram. <laughs> Kyle Whittingham. Think about it. He was on our side once. Then after a series of unfortunate events, he leads our mortal enemies. I think these are all well composed. You, you almost can't say anything about Kyle that I'd be like, who? Nope, that's right. Who? Kyle T. Whittingham? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of this building up to game one against Utah. Like, tell me a better game. No, there's if no, BYU no. was playing Alabama, I would not be as excited because I'd think, oh, that's a loss. But with Utah at home against the former Ute, who's now a Coug and Zach Wilson, I am stoked. The former Ute defensive coordinator, There's so, who's the BYU head coach. The, the storylines are in abundance with this, rival, with this rivalry game and the fact that it's being played when it's being played. It's, it's great. We can count down to it every day. Like, I want to think about BYU and Utah every day. I really do. 129 do days. BYU, Kyle, uh, Kalani F. Satake versus Kyle T. T. Whittingham. Yeah. Of the 70. Exactly. <laughs> Coming up, a rise and shout-out to an NFL HOF. That's Hall of Famer to you and me. And is this the week Mark Pope announces his staff? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. There's Ben. Hi, Ben. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki Solano celebrates the show's 100th episode. Congratulations. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and IGTV. Congratulations to uh, Kiki Solano and the whole crew for uh, 100 episodes. Cool stuff. Fantastic. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is our question of the day. Who's the greatest villain in BYU sports history? At Tyson Peterson on Twitter. I'm going with an inanimate object, the Smurf turf. (laughs) There must be BYU kryptonite hidden in that field somewhere. There's been several uh, close finishes there where BYU hasn't been able to make the play to win, uh, perhaps. So anybody in Boise just want to make sure that it's, you know, clear of kryptonite, that would be be great. Uh, At James Lawler on Twitter. Alex, that would be who is Urban Meyer? Yes, so agrees with agrees you. with me. Agrees with you. Absolutely. The tone of the rivalry changed with Urban Meyer. The seeds of what? Well, yeah, Ron McBride like, and, yeah, and the winning started were, to it happen. Was funny commercials, yes. like mattress commercials. The it was negativity, weird. Yeah. the hatred that started with Urban at his only. Well, you had these, this outsider inject his uh, yes. his his kind of venom into it, which honestly, I. I enjoy the fact that we hate each other. I'm fine with it. I don't. I don't want it to go beyond the game and get personal. But like, let's play this game. Winner wins. Congratulations, you won. We're gonna get you next time. Yeah, that's what I'm. Urban Meyer was mine. Okay, he is my Thanos. All right, uh, let's play a a segment called Buy, Sell, or Hold, and let's bring in uh, our producer Ben Bagley, who uh, called us nerds on Twitter during the break. (laughs) Uh, Ben, welcome to the program on the air. Nerds. There, not just on Twitter. Hey, let's play a little buy, sell, or hold. Let's start with this one. Buy, sell, or hold. Mark Pope's assistance being named this week. Um, I'm going to hold it because I, I'm not 100% sure. When, when Coach Pope was on the show, he had mentioned in probably about three weeks. Yeah. This, this is week two. Uh, I think it'd be great if there was an announcement on there just because we're all kind of curious. But but I, I'm not sure. I mean, he says three weeks. I'm going to say maybe give the guy three weeks, like he said. But right now I'm holding it. I, I'm not not feeling strongly either way. Sell one more week. One more you're, week. You're, he, said, he said three. I'm going to give him three. Okay. But And also, it doesn't matter if they, they're named this week, next week, whatever. No, like, no, it doesn't matter. Oh, BYU lost this one guy because they didn't name the – no, that's not going to happen. Okay, next. Buy, sell, or hold. Sione Takitaki is a day two draft pick. I say buy. I, I think that this will happen. Um, I think that there's a good shot he goes in the third round. I really do. But I won't be shocked if he's a day three guy, rounds four through seven. It doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I buy it because I do think of all, and, and again, mock drafts, they're fun. You, you can't, it, it's certainly not gospel as to what's going to happen. But I've seen more mocks with him in the third round than I have out. So I'm going to say I'm buying it because I do believe he'll be a second-day draft pick because I think that third round is prime real estate for uh, Sione Takitaki to hear his name called. If you're asking me to actually predict when I think it'll happen, I think it'll be a day three, but I think there's a good shot that he goes on day two. Next. I believe we've seen him project everywhere from the third to the seventh round, so big range there for Sione Takitaki. Uh Buy, sell, or hold Peter Quest as a Peter Quest future as a PGA golfer. Buy a buy. This guy is all over it right now. It is unbelievable what he's doing. Not only last week, but last year and this year. Peter Quest will be gone from BYU after this year, 
and he's going to be in the PGA Tour in the next three years, mm-hmm. I think. I think he's a fantastic player that has a legit future to get money to play golf, which is the most ideal career <laughs> possible. This is a no-brainer. It is a buy, buy, buy. And I don't mean – I mean buy. Oh, like the Spencer But he will also be buy, B-Y-E, because he will go – to the PGA, yeah, this guy's this guy's gonna be a professional. I thought golfer. you were doing bye 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 like the Spencer Linton the, this, sync video. No, that's his thing. Yeah, it's I his heard, thing. I heard there's a chance he may be bringing that back. Really, in some form for us or KSL. <laughs> for us, <laughs> I hope it's for us. For I want to see it first. Yeah. <laughs> Do I want to? Would you want to be in it if we're asked? To be I in? don't want that to be out with me. Singing that song, I don't want yeah. there to you be video. You would rather do proof. Backstreet Boys or 98 Degrees? That's where you want to go. Right? What's wrong? What's wrong with the boy band? Don't don't rip on the boy band. I'm not. No, I'm just. I'm just saying I don't want video of me doing that out there again. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next, buy, sell, or hold. Terrell Owens' fandom, BYU fandom. Uh, buy. This is awesome. That's my quarterback. Yeah, I love it. He's wearing BYU stuff now. The story is that former Eagle teammate Chad Lewis gave him. Some some stuff. Oh, I remember the story now. Before the show, we were like, what is it? He came into town mm-hmm. with, uh, what is it, Blair Buswell, who makes the bus for the Hall of Fame in Canton. And Chad Lewis hung out with him, gave him BYU swag. That's how he has it. And he wore it on uh, Kevin Hart's Insta story. It's pretty great. Over He's the weekend. It, we've seen it a couple of times. Yeah, this is at least the second time, right? At least the second time. Maybe the yeah, third time. Why? Well, I, look, fandom... I'm going to sell it. Oh. I, I don't think he's a fan. I think he's got, he had some free swag, and he likes it. He likes Chad. And he, he, likes, likes, he likes Steve Young, yes, too, right? Yes. Former yeah. teammate with I the mean, Niners. Come on. Look, if, now, if we can get T.O., I like to call him two, to a <laughs> BYU. Like to Kyle, <laughs> Kyle T. Whittingham. <laughs> if we can get Terrell Owens to a BYU football game. Now, that's legit. Now, that, honestly, that. Chad Lewis could make a phone call and get Terrell Owens at a BYU football game. How about yeah. T.O. opening week versus Utah? T.O. in BYU gear cheering on the Cougs? I think we, we have a mission now to make this happen. Yeah, you and I went on missions. Now let's go on another one <laughs> to get Terrell Owens here. We're going on it. This Terrell, is a- Terrell Owens. I don't know what it actually is. Two. Too? Yes. That's, no, I th- I th- can you imagine what that would be like to have Terrell Owens and BYU? Again. You're cheering on the Cougs week one against Utah it. in 129 days. Wait, in how many days? Hit it. Just kidding. Next. <laughs> so he's, he's, the control room's like, ah! Is T.O. running the flag out at the beginning of the game, oh, or is he oh, front like center the rock with his popcorn ready? I, Why I li- not? I like both. Let's do both. Pat, put him in with the, uh, the cheerleaders, too. Uh, now you're just oh, yeah, talking he's crazy. He's got that going for him, too. That's what I'm saying. The Y, oh, the yeah, Y. Yeah, yeah. And, and he signs everything in a blue Sharpie. Nice. Oh, that's, okay. That's, nice. that's enough of this. Last one. <laughs> <laughs> Just feeding, feeding the nerdum here. Buy, sell, or hold. Avengers Endgame being the highlight of you guys' this week. Of the week? Now, this is dangerous. My brother-in-law is graduating from BYU this week. Yeah, from, but be honest. From the Marriott Look, School, stop. MBA. I want you to be honest. It's my mom's birthday Saturday, Again, and she, we're going to have lunch. I will say be honest. Yeah, it's going to be that. It's going to be it. <laughs> You're buying it. I'm buying it, absolutely. Yes, of course. One million percent. Yes. Four, 14 million percent. See what I did there? I like it. 14 million seven something? Yeah. M- million. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, fourteen but million, one. Some, but only one. Uh, yeah, is one. all that's needed. That's exactly right. Yeah, okay, I'm that, is, it. that it, is buy, sell, or hold. There you go. Coming up, a rise and shout out to a BYU tough guy who took a licking and keeps on ticking. And a freshman on an alternate team in rugby dominates. This is BYU Sports Nation. Nerd. Buy, sell, or hold. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Thanks to today's guest, Mike Littlewood. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. No time, bro. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. NFL.com's Chad Reuter projects Sione Taki Taki will be a sixth-round pick to the Washington Redskins. Don't forget, NFL Draft this week begins Thursday night. Baseball. The Batcats took two of three at Washington with a 7-3 win Friday, 4-0 victory Saturday. Cougar pitching gave up a total of two earned runs. Uh, Noah Hill appears to be okay after our conversation with Mike Littlewood after taking uh, as the catcher a ball to the throat. BYU jumps back into West Coast Conference play this week. Three-game series at Pacific beginning Thursday night. Golf. BYU men's golf won the Pink Cougar Classic by five strokes, led by individual champ Peter Quest. For perfection. Shot 17 under with three subs, 70 rounds. Woo! This is Quest's fifth individual tournament title this season. Cougars heading to the WCC Championships Thursday, also in Stockton, California. That gets underway Saturday. Lock your doors. They're starting Thursday through Saturday. Women's golf team took second at the West Coast Conference Championship Saturday in Spokane. Three strokes behind Pepperdine. Rose Huang shot three over to finish second individually. Cougars await what they hope will be an at-large bid to the NCAA Golf Championships. The selection shows Wednesday, 5.30 Eastern on the Golf Channel. Cougars in the Major Leagues. Taylor Cole pitched two scoreless innings on Saturday for the L.A. Angels in his Major League season debut. Cole finished with three strikeouts and a walk in the Angels' 6-5 loss to the Mariners. <laughs> Volleyball. Davide Gardini makes the 2019 MPSF All-Tournament team. Gardini and the Cougars ended the season Thursday at Pepperdine. Track and field. After their four-meet weekend, BYU track and field has 32 athletes with potential regional qualifying marks, including Erica Burke-Jarvis, who moved up to number four on the BYU all-time list after finishing first in the 3,000-meter steeplechase with a career best of 955.57. Tennis. She's awesome. She's great. There's your Captain Marvel, one of them. The women's team beat Pacific 4-3. That win snapped a three-game losing streak. And then Saturday, the Cougars lost 4-1 versus St. Mary's. Rugby. Women's rugby advances to the D1 College Spring Championship with a 49-7 victory over UCSB. Cougars play May 4th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Lacrosse. The men's team beat Utah Valley 15-14 Friday night. Soccer. Michelle Murphy-Vasconcelos scored a goal just two minutes after checking into the match for the Chicago Red Stars. They finished in a 4-4 tie. I thought she scored twice. I read she scored twice, so at least once. Absolutely. If not twice, yes. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver went two for six with a home run and three RBIs in a three in three weekend games for the High A Fayetteville Woodpeckers. A rise and shout outs. Mine goes to Terrell Allen for walking the lie again. Uh, it was on Kevin Hart's Insta story. And thanks to Aaron Bagley, who tweeted that at us. He said, anybody else see Terrell Owens repping the Y on Kevin Hart's Instagram today? Super confused, but it was pretty awesome. At BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Chad Lewis gave him the gear, so uh, he didn't mention BYU per se, but he was just wearing it, and uh, we love geeking out over that Actions speak louder than words sometimes. Yes, they do. He's wearing the gear. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) You're welcome, son. (laughs) Mine goes to BYU baseball catcher Noah Hill. Hey, Cougar Nation. 
Uh, this is Noah Hill. I just wanted to say thank you for all the thoughts and the prayers over this time. I just want to let you all know that I look forward to rejoining the team soon and being back on the field. So thank you again, and go Cougs. That is one That's tough awesome. guy right there. We talked with Mike Littlewood, said things are looking good. It's day-to-day, which is fantastic news. He's able to fly home with the team on Saturday night after taking a curveball that bounced into the dirt and uh, got him in the throat. Uh, scary moment, was taken off on a stretcher. The game was kind of suspended for about 30 minutes. Great to hear that, uh, that he's doing well and, and on the men. So uh, definitely uh, something we were, uh, we were thinking about all weekend uh, for, for Noah. Absolutely, and he is the starting catcher. He's batting three he He's been awesome, so hopefully Noah can get, uh, get healthy as soon as possible our question of the day who's the greatest villain in BYU sports history at Bay OSD on Twitter it would have to be none other than BYU's own Kyle Whittingham who well he's not anymore Kyle T Whittingham yep no other former Cougar has done more damage to BYU and BYU sports history as far as wins uh, losses go when facing our ultimate rival that is true it's true that he, you can't argue that point he did defect at Ryben three on Twitter Matthew Delavidova sorry guys but I have to call him out and give him his glory no you don't <laughs> At Laser Sheep on Twitter, three come to mind. Hare Thompson. Okay. <laughs> Greg Thompson, the current uh, commissioner of the, the Mountain West Conference. Larry Chris Koviak, a.k.a. ADK. ADK. And uh, Chris Hill, former athletic director at Utah. Yeah, it's got to be uh, something Utah-related mostly, right? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years, is the following. At Jake R. Camp on Twitter. Brian Sweet of the Utah State Ogden Aggies. <laughs> Not sure what kind of sorcery he used to end Taysom's season twice, but I'm almost certain an Infinity Stone was involved. Good thing Taysom is no mere mortal and used said adversity to increase in strength and diverse, uh, diversify his powers. Luckily, Taysom Mills in the NFL doing nice things, but oh, you're right, Brian Sweet. Could have used a time stone I, to go back before the nice. injury happened. In the eye of Agamotto or whatever. In, uh, Pretty sure that's I'm not what it's like called. I don't know. I just watched Doctor Strange. <laughs> the conversation <laughs> continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis spend no time again. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Bob Jensen. See you tomorrow right here at noon Eastern. For more BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs, baby!